We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks for Sports Illustrated on Fan Nation. And we got a big episode of the podcast today. Joining me as my guest is former Oregon tight end, George Reister. How we doing, man? Thanks for coming on. Man, I'm doing great, man. Excited to be here. Always good to be talking about the Oregon Ducks. Definitely, man. I mean, so much has, has happened really in, you know, the last two weeks. You know, you look at that Pac-12 championship game all the way till now. Now we have the early signing period and uh, new coaches getting hired and just so much going on. Um, I guess the the question that I, I kind of want to start with, uh, I saw you obviously been talking a lot in the Twitter spaces and I, I was in there with you on some of them. Dan yeah. Lanning, new new Oregon coach. Um, just kind of wanted to hit on that. What are your thoughts on uh, on the hire and kind of um, the direction of the program right now? Well, I was excited about Dan Lanning from from day one, and I actually talked about it on my show on Mad Dog Sports Radio, and also on both of my podcasts, Right Through Wrong and the Pac Twelve Apostles. Prior, to, like on like Monday. We talked about Dan Lanning as the new head coach. We also brought up names like uh, Dave Aranda, Lane Kiffin, and those were guys that I was super high on from from the beginning. And then to actually land one of those coaches was 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 really good. And then when you saw the the uh, press conference, you were like, "Man, this dude won the press conference! Like he literally could not have done any better on the press conference." And to to start out like that to get that sort of energy. But at the same time, if you notice during the press conference, he really gave a nod to all the potential like criticism. He did an Eminem in, in, in eight mile. Like now what you going to say about me? <laughs> um, you know, he addressed former players. He addressed the fact that he had never been a head coach. He addressed, you know, recruiting. He addressed how he was going to handle the situation with Georgia playing for a national championship while still trying to build the staff and recruit for Oregon. So he had a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff to do in short order prior to between when he was hired and Friday today when um, national signing day is over. Yeah, it's a, it's a heck of a situation for for him to be brought on as a as not only his first head coaching job, but like you said, also co- coaching Georgia 
to, to go back to what he said in the press conference, uh, I, I really liked how composed he was. And, and one of the things that stood out the most to me was was along the lines of not having been a head coach before. He'd say, hey, you know, I know I don't have uh, a ton of experience or as much as experience as a, a, a head coach typically would, but I've got a lot of quality experience. And, and you look at his resume and it speaks for itself. A lot of really good football that he's uh, helped put together at uh, Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, experience is one of one of those things is like that experience matters, right? But also when you're ready, you're ready. Like there's like no matter how much prior experience that you have being an assistant, you can be an assistant for 30 years. There's still a learning curve to being a head coach. So regardless of whether you're 35, 36 years old or you're 55 years old, if you're Like there's still things that you have to learn because you can't understand what it's like to deal with the media availability, deal with, you know, making these tough decisions, making all the hires, everything falling back on you. And that's where, you know, Dan, Dan Lanning, he's getting that for the first time. But when you're looking for a good quality head coach, the most important thing that you're looking for is somebody who's a great leader and also somebody who can make good decisions. Because it, it it's not that you just have all the answers. It's that you know how to find the answers and you also have a good understanding of what you don't know. Because if you know what you don't know, then you say, all right, cool. I don't know the answer to this. So let me find somebody who does know the answer. And those are the characteristics of a good leader. I, I love that that perspective, you know, being able to, to kind of uh, own up to where you have areas to grow and and obviously the the hiring process is one of the the biggest things that that he's going through right now and we also already have uh you know numerous reports about some some pretty big ones that he's made you know Kenny Dillingham coming over from Florida State to be the OC um and then we also had uh, another big one that was uh kind of came out uh, late Thursday um from Pete Thamel Yahoo Sports uh Marshall Malchow Malchow yeah. I hope hope yep. I'm saying that right uh from Texas A&M also had a previous stop at Georgia where he's done nothing but just help develop uh, and land elite recruiting classes. And yep. you look at Texas A&M yesterday or Wednesday, even they were just popping off. So number one that, class in the country. Yeah, it's it's something serious out there in College Station. And he's going to be bringing that that experience and mentality to Eugene Um I, I just like that hire so much and some of the hires he's made because he was very upfront about it. He was saying, you know, I know this is a, a big time right now and a lot of it is expected of me, but I'm going to hire right rather than hiring fast. And I love this hire, especially when you look at uh, just how, how important recruiting is. You know, that's kind of what I love uh, really diving into. And, um, you know, Lanning's a, a good recruiter himself. And then Dillingham has been a, he's a young guy, you know, he's going to work his tail off and, and, um, Malchow as well uh, is, is going to be huge, I think. Recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. So when, when you coach at Georgia and you coach basically a team full of 11 five-stars almost on your defense, you're saying, listen, I look like a real good coach. I look like a genius. I just, I'm making almost $5 million a year because I got five-star guys. So if he, so being that he understands that, he's like, I need to get these dudes at this stop because the the thing that coaches, some of them are willing to admit, but they all know privately that they're only as smart as their talent because 
because your your um, your coaching ability, your your schemes, your ability to outsmart people. I mean, that's literally like fifteen percent of the game. Fifteen percent of the game. The rest of it, the other eighty-five is. Can these dudes do it? <laughs> you know, do they have the physical ability, the mental acuity to be able to go out and execute what you want to do, these, these genius schemes? But then at the end of the day, you can have whatever scheme that you want to, and the dude can be covered to the max, right? But then he makes a one-handed grab and falls on the ground, you know what I mean? Or or he makes the the hero tackle or the hero interception. Like those are the things that that no matter what the scheme is, players overcome coaching. They overcome. They they run down a guy that was going for a touchdown, and then the defense they get a stop or a fumble on the next play. Like there are so many things that like are dependent on the players. And that the coaches, as good as they, you know, as magic and much magic knowledge as they think that they have, as genius as they think they are, they, if they really are, you know, get drilled down to their heart of hearts, they're like, yo, I'm only as good as the dudes that are on the field. Yeah, and he, he said as much in his, his press conference, right? He said, hey, look, I'm not playing a single down for the Ducks next year. I know that that we're only going to be as good as these guys can execute. So that that's spot on for sure. And you look at, we've already begun to see that in Eugene, even looking at last year, you know, that Ohio State game, very few people gave Oregon a chance. And, you know, they had some some great play calls from, from Jim Moorhead, but in the end, it really came down to who wanted it more. The Ducks had dominated the line of scrimmage in that game, and, and it ultimately showed on the scoreboard. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see, you know, what uh, what other guys he's going to be able to, to bring, you know, to Eugene. You look at the early signing period here this week, um, not you know a huge day for Oregon, but that's to be expected for a program in transition. But there's definitely some some big wins we can already talk about. You can look at Seven McGee uh, not transferring after he initially said he was going to. That's a recruiting win. And you yep. look at him flipping Anthony Jones from Texas yesterday, and then getting one of the top pledges in the class and Jaleel Tucker to sign early when he said that he uh, was going to hold off. Yeah, and and I think that the Jalil Tucker signing probably bodes well for maybe a, the the J- Jalil Florence signing. We ended up signing Devin Jackson, Harrison Taggart, Ben Roberts, which was good. Um, Michael Wooten, Sir Mills, and you already mentioned Anthony Jones. So you know, keeping as much of this class together was very important. And a lot of these kids, I think, are going to come back into the fold particularly um, in the February signing date, because they it, it's not like they went and signed elsewhere. They the, the majority of them just just said, hold up. Let me just recalibrate and wait until later, wait until February to uh, sign. And like the good part about it is, is that you get is that you bought time that they didn't just go somewhere else. But the hard part is, is that maybe if you were planning on some of them checking in early, you don't get that. But if you get them in the building, that's the most important thing. Absolutely. You got to keep those guys in the fold. And and I think it makes a lot of sense that we saw most of these early signees coming from the defensive side of the ball, seeing that, you know, they they have a name in there now and, and they kind of, uh, you know, can kind of see a little bit more of the vision that I'm sure Lanning has kind of laid out since he's said that he's you know reached out to every member of the recruiting class and in some way so far, but we got the recruiting chat 
um, checked off, and I kind of had a, another direction I wanted to take it a little bit. You know, oh, seeing um, while we're while we're on here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we just got some news that T Mac may have flipped to Arizona. Oh, where is where are you seeing that? Um, oh, oh, in the in a uh, in a uh, chat that I just got from uh, one one of the national that I'm in with one of the national recruiters that well one of the national like 24 7 on three you know uh rivals rivals guys that i'm in a chat with they they think he may be headed to arizona okay yeah no we can definitely talk about that for a second you know that was obviously he's the headliner of the class right now with uh kelvin banks flipping to texas talk about a guy that's critical for the ducks to hang on to coming out of servite california gatorade player of the year uh, i got to see him in person when i was down in anaheim uh in october and the dude's just a, a baller. I mean, he he's everything you want oh. in, in a wide receiver. Oh, I saw him firsthand. I saw yeah. him first. I saw him eleven catches, a hundred and what thirty some odd yards, and a touchdown in my, in my face when when uh, they played against my son's school this year. So I saw it firsthand. So I I know what we were gonna gonna be getting, and it just stinks that you know that we were that you know that it's likely that he may be gone somewhere somewhere else but he would be going to Arizona which you know a lot of people laughed at them this year oh Arizona stinks but as the year went on they started playing harder Jed Fish is really building something down there and he's put together like he's the only Pac-12 school that actually signed all of their recruits I saw that yeah that they they signed I think it was 20 on Wednesday Yep. But if you're looking at the situation for for T Mac, you know he's if if he does end up going to Arizona, you know depending on when this gets posted, um, we're we're waiting for you know official confirmation on that where he decides to go. But his yeah his quarterback Noah Fafita is going to Arizona, and and we still don't know what's happening with Brian McClendon, the interim head coach at Oregon, if he's going to ultimately be retained or or if he's going to be heading somewhere else. But that's obviously a, a major recruiting uh, a recruiting story, you know, here as we record this on Friday. Uh, George adds, uh, one other kind of direction I wanted to take this with you, you know, seeing that you were uh, a former player, um, and now the program is in transition, it's kind of a loaded question, but I think it can have some really good discussion. Where do you feel the Oregon identity kind of lies right now in comparison to when you were a player yourself here in Eugene? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. See, this is something that got a lot of play this this last week because there's a lot of there's some portion of people that feel like Oregon, oh my God, it's it's falling apart, that that things are changing. Well, yes, they are changing. I mean, you look at Oregon. This this was a mom and pop shop when I first got there in 99. A mom and pop shop. We had just changed the branding from you know the the old uniforms to the new logo with the with the O everything like that. Like that's when everything changed when, when my class showed up in 99 and still a mom and pop shop. Two years later, we should have been playing for a national championship, but, but the BCS computers did not, did not believe it should be so. And so then that was Oregon's first time tasting the forbidden fruit of being on the national stage, possibly playing, playing for national championships. And then you get the Dennis Dixon era after that. Like, it was a lot of promise. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, whoa, like, where the hell did this come from? But at that point in time, Oregon still wasn't recruiting at the level that it is now. And then as the Nike marketing machine chip comes in, you're winning big. You're going to another national championship in 2010. Like, all of these things have continued to grow and elevate the program. But then you go from a mom and pop shop you end up getting bought by Facebook, essentially. Like, you go from grassroots, homegrown, local community, and then you get bought by one of these big conglomerates, and now you're a Fortune 500 company, and you're growing, and that's going to cause change. Like, it's not going to have, like, employee number one, two, seven, eight, nine that were there from the beginning. Their input ain't the same. Like, things change. And if you want to be able to compete with the blue bloods, then there's gun like you, you do have to crack a few eggs in the process. And Oregon is the only, I repeat, the only non-traditional blue blood that is expected to compete on a national stage, win 10 plus games year in and year out. The only one. People expect that from Florida, Alabama, Georgia, uh, you know, uh, Clemson, even though before D- Dabo got there, they stunk for 20 years. But prior to that, they were really good. Auburn, uh, you know, USC, Michigan, all these programs that, that have that blue Oklahoma, that have that history of being great. 
they are expected to do that. Oregon's the only one, and the only one that's been able to build it like that. And so now we are finding our way because Oregon is a unique job because of where it is geographically. It is in Eugene, Oregon, which is a great city, but you don't have enough five-star recruits coming out of the the state of Oregon or even high four-star kids, even though that there are more and more each, each and every year now, you don't have as many of them. So then that puts the onus on recruiting California, Arizona, Washington, and the rest of the nation as well. So now when it goes to, when, when, when you're talking about getting kids to Oregon, you have to have a coach that's willing to go out and grind and recruit and all this stuff because because at the end of the day, when you get against those, you know, big time programs, those programs in the college football playoff, you have to have the guys up front. You have to have the elite athletes. Cause like we talked about earlier, scheme ain't the only thing. That's only 15%. You got to have the dudes. And so there are some people who are a little bit uncomfortable with that sort of change that move to a national brand that move that that's you know outside of just grassroots yeah Oregon but in reality once people get up there they love Oregon they have that respect I'm a Southern California kid so when you get a head coach there you have to get somebody there who wants to be there and may they may they leave possibly because this is the day and age of that Lincoln Riley just left Oklahoma so but the main thing that you want is is that you you want a coach who may learn to love the Ducks the same way that you do and stay around. But you also want somebody that's going to leave, if they do leave, leave the program in better shape than when they found it. And you also, what I didn't want, what guys like Joey Harrington, other people did not want was to bring in a coach like Urban Meyer who, yes, he has a track record of winning, but you know he has no intention on staying there. And you you may have a scandal on the way out, too. So I think that there is, you know, a balance between both. And it's a unique situation until Oregon does win a national championship, which will put them on that blue blood status. They've been they've definitely been pursuing that first national championship for quite a while. I, I think it's it's pretty fair to say that that Mario Cristobal left the program in better shape than than yeah. when he found it just with the the level of recruiting that we saw. He said it on his exit interview, you know, a lot of those guys on the uh, roster right now, their best football is ahead of them. They're puppies. He left three top 10 classes for for landing to, to kind of mold. And then you bring in a guy like landing who has a reputation as an elite recruiter. And you know that you can have some confidence that he's going to put a good staff around him and only uh, continue to, to stock the Ducks with, with more elite talent. But I like what you said about the geographic uh, challenges of Oregon, because I feel like those are two of the biggest things right now. The fact that they haven't won a national championship. I feel like to a degree that makes it a little bit less appealing because it's not, it's not a make or break, but it doesn't have the allure. I feel like of those blue blood programs that you mentioned earlier. And then the geographic challenges of some uh, compared to some of these teams in the sec. I was in Texas uh, in October to cover a game and I hear kids saying, Oh yeah, I'm going to just hop in the car and go to AM or, or UT tomorrow. Like a lot of these guys that Oregon wants those high, high caliber guys, if they're not coming from LA, Odds are they have to take a pretty long trip just to get out here to Eugene. But like you said earlier, once they get them here, we saw it at the end of the uh, recruiting dead period. Sir Mel is one of the first guys on campus, got on here, got on campus, and he and he became a duck and decided to yep. commit to Oregon. So 
I think that Cristobal, you know, used that SEC footprint that we saw from guys like, you know, Kirby Smart or a Nick Saban. And he showed that you could really transform the program to, to be knocking right there on the door. And I feel like Lanning's just going to pick up where he left off. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the difference with Dan Lanning and where Mario Cristobal was is the relationships in recruiting because he wasn't necessarily recruiting at Georgia. Some of these guys that he's going to be recruiting at Oregon that Oregon had committed. And it's not because they're not top guys. It's because of ge- of the geography. So he didn't have a relationship with, with, with T-Mac hasn't had a relationship with some of these other kids. So now he's got to either build that relationship or pivot somewhere, somewhere else. And so he's got a like he's in a crazy situation because on one hand, he's got to preserve the roster that he already has. And then on the other hand, he's got to, you know, work on building a building a recruiting class. So first thing is you want to keep the people in the house that are already in the house. And then the next thing is then saying, all right, okay, now we can venture out somewhere else. Yeah, we're already seeing some some current ducks uh, entering the transfer portal. You look at guys like DJ James and uh, Jason Jones, two Alabama guys. So that's kind of what we're taking a, taking a look at right now. George, I know we said we had you for about twenty minutes. So I, I want to respect that. Uh, any any closing remarks that you kind of wanted to to get out there just uh, about the state of the Oregon football program, recruiting college football nationally, just any of that. Oh. Okay, so there's a lot of people who are frustrated and upset with the state of college football right now. They're like, oh, man, it's the this is bad for college football. These players, they're transferring all over the place. They're going to the highest bidder, all of this stuff. Now, and then you have coaches crying. Oh, my God, there's tampering. These guys are being manipulated by adults. It's so sad. My job is so hard. You're making you're 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 making four, five, six, seven, eight, nine million dollars a year. Figure it out, fool. Like no nobody feels <laughs> sorry for you. Oh, oh my God, it's so hard to keep a roster together. Listen. So all you guys who have a problem with it, take your anger and direct it at the right place. Because the right place is not the kids. The right place is the NCAA because they had over 10 years to put guardrails in place to do this. And now the problem is try try putting guardrails in place now when the Wild Wild West has been going. Try 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 putting guardrails around like you being a step parent coming into the family or you being a parent and then the kids been going out till two o'clock in the morning every night, smoking, drinking, everything. And then you come in, hey yo, we're going to bed at 8 30. We're going to eat our vegetables. We're going to do this. Bro, you're, you're going to have a fight on your hands. It, it's, it's not going to work. Like, you, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube once it comes out. So don't blame the players. Blame the NCAA. They got sued by the by uh, Ed O'Bannon back, what, like 2009. And, and then they, they had all that time. They lost the lawsuit. They have they they lost the Austin case. So even if you say, all right, listen, they were going to fight this tooth and nail. These people spent hundreds of millions of dollars fighting this. 
in court legalities. I testified in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee about it. This was, they had so much time, but instead they let states come in and say, nah, we're going to pass name, image, and likeness legislation. At that point, it was too late, but you had all of this time, but instead they wanted to stick to an old antiquated system instead of, you know, kind of easing in, putting guardrails in it, figure out what worked and what didn't work. But now it's too late. College football has changed forever. But the good news is that it won't change on the field. You're still going to have great play, entertaining. So cheer for your school. Don't get too invested in the players. It just is what it is because coaches leave after promising. Hey, hey, listen, listen, George, George, if you send your son here, I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to be there. I'm going to lead him, mentor. Oh, I know and he's going to get a quality education here at Notre Dame. Oh, but, uh, yo, see about that. See what, what had happened. LSU was like, you know, we'll give you 110, 10 million. And we then, got a bag for you. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, listen, my, my, my love for you is endless, though, but I got to go. Yeah, your love ain't endless. <laughs> Come on, man. So that's the way I look at it. You just have to direct your anger in the right place. Focus on the field because you're still going to get it on the field. You're still going to get great ball, cheer cheer for your team, but just be okay with change because if you're resistant to change, you are going to get left behind and you're going to be sad. Wow, that's a ton of great stuff there, George. Wow, yeah, I the, the NCAA clearly has its work cut out for them. I know people have been really critical of what they've been doing just across the athletic field for, for years now. Um, but some, I really like that perspective on kind of the direction that college football is headed and, and how we might see some of those change manifested with like the NIL uh, era of football, the absolutely chaotic coaching carousel that, that Oregon obviously found itself uh, being affected by, but we're all here for the games and um, Oregon's got another one with the Alamo bowl coming up. And then, transitioning into 2022 before we get you out of here george where can people find more of you and your work oh you can find me on twitter at george reister you can uh download either one of the two podcasts the pac 12 apostles podcast or the reister or wrong podcast and uh those come out the reister wrong comes out multiple times a week the pac 12 comes out once a week and then also Monday through Friday on Mad Dog Sports Radio, channel 80 to 10 p.m. Pacific uh, to 12, to 10 p.m. Pacific to 12. But then in the new year, we're moving to 9 p.m., people. So uh, that will be more for you before you go to sleep. Awesome. Well, yeah, George is doing a bunch of great stuff. Make sure to go check him out. If you want to find more of me, you can follow me on Twitter at the name right there on your screen at mtorissports. Also, go ahead and head over to YouTube and subscribe to my channel, Oregon Football Max Taurus. It's free and it only takes a second out of your day. Really appreciate it. And then also make sure to head on over to DucksDigest.com to find all the latest Oregon Ducks news, recruiting, analysis. We got it all going on there. But that's all we have for this one in the Ducks Dish podcast. Thanks again to George for coming on. Everybody have a good weekend and we'll see you in the next one. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.